Very busy week for MLS and U.S. men's national team news headlines. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always with me is the main man himself, Ivis Galarsep. What's up, dude? What's going on, Garrett? Nothing much, man. A little tired this morning, but uh, I'm going to pull through the show, so don't worry about it. You know, I think we're both tired. That uh, that Portland game ended ended kind of late last night, I, I, and uh, I think I think a lot of people on the East Coast are dragging right now. This this is why I love the West Coast. That game. I, what what time did that start for you last night? It was I don't know ten forty. Ten exactly. I don't know how you guys do that. Well, there's a reason there are not that many games at that time. Usually, that's that's kind of the exception to the rule. Well, exactly. But I mean, when the teams are on the West Coast, it's, I mean, oh, I view it as this is just like you know general statement for every single sport. When teams are on the West Coast, I mean, I love it because I mean the games start at like you know seven o'clock for us out here, but for you guys, it's always like ten o'clock at night. I don't get it. it, it that is so late for you guys. Uh, that's why living on the West Coast is the best, Ivis. Well, I don't know if I disagree. <laughs> well, Ivis, uh, as we said, lots of news. We have no guests today, but that's fine. We know some of the listeners love it when we have no guests. Uh, so, you know, they just they have to listen to, uh, you know, our beautiful voices, Ivis. Yeah, I think everyone should know that, you know, we haven't had this. Is, I think this is like our fourth show without a guest, and I just have to come clean. I think I think people are kind of scared by scared being scared away by Garrett. So I think it's making it a little pretty tough for us to get guests. So what are you if you're listening about? to the show and you want to be a guest on the show, let me know. What What are you talking about? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think people want to like talking to you. Tonight. Oh, is that is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. it's your it's your hard hitting questions. Oh, yeah. They don't want to have to taste the grilling. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, the tough questions that I ask. Um, but what Ivis and I are going to do today? We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to preview all the uh, action. Uh, the MLS games this weekend, and uh, before we get into that, let's talk U.S. men's national team news. Biggest news coming out is Stuart Holden, Jurgen Klinsmann, saying that he's going to be called into camp. He's going to be a fixture for the Gold Cup squad, and for a player that's it's been a very long time for him. He's still, you know, he's not, you know, where he used to be. But to get that vote of confidence and to see that he's getting playing time, this is this is steps in the right direction for Holden. Right. I mean, uh, it was great news uh, Thursday evening when that came out. And uh, I know I know some people were really excited and I know some people were kind of shocked that, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann uh, came out and, and made this proclamation that, that you know, Stuart Holden was going to be a part of, of the national team setup for the summer. Uh, I know there was also a little bit of negative backlash because of Landon Donovan and the way Klinsmann has been treating the Donovan situation. And uh, I think some people got a little confused uh, because it's not an either-or situation. It's not apples to apples. It's clear. I mean, for anyone paying attention, it's pretty clear what's going on. Stuart Holden is coming back off of a year-and-a-half-long injury layoff. He's had a few months now where he's played games, and he's get, and he's working his way back to, to being 100%. And Jurgen Klinsmann sees that, and Jurgen Klinsmann sees him as someone who long-term can be a key part of the national team. So he wants to bring him in, keep him fit, keep him on track playing uh, because he's already had a year and a half off and there's no point in just letting Holden uh, finish out the current season in England and then go on vacation. That's not going to do him any any good uh, for what he needs as far as coming back to being the player he was. It's going to serve him a lot better to be in camp with the national team, training, potentially getting some games. And, uh, you know, I, I think people need to slow down a bit when they talk, when, when they think about what his role is going to be and, and all that kind of thing. It, it, the point of him being in these camps is to keep him on that trajectory as a player and, and developing. I think the Gold Cup's the goal for him. I think that's where 
people can expect to see him play a real important role or a role on the national team. I don't think the qualifiers in June are necessarily going to be that, but it's not a Donovan or Holden thing, so people should probably put that one to bed. Well, I think it's also important that that he maintains being busy this summer because right now, if you look at the standings, Bolton right now is in sixth place in the championship uh, in England, the second division, and they're going to be in that playoffs, and they have a chance you know, to go back up to the Premier League to get pr- uh, promoted. And if they get promoted back up to the Premier League, I mean, you know, Holden doesn't want to be a guy on the outside looking in. And if he can get some, you know, some quality months, you know, in, if, if Bolton can make that step again and get back up to the Premier League, I mean, Holden can go right into the season, you know, playing all summer long, continue what he's doing, and, and hopefully, you know, get that starting spot back to the Premier League where, you know, before the injury, you know, Holden was, was on, you know, in the conversation as one of the better midfielders in the Premier League. Right, that's the best case scenario. Obviously, there's a long way to go. I'm being optimistic here. Point. Come on, I, I mean, just Bolton has to first. Bolton has to qualify for the playoff, which they haven't locked it up yet. Then they have to win a series in the semis, and then they have to win the promotion playoff. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, you're talking about multiple steps. I mean, you know, hopefully, Holden it, it plays a part in that, and uh, you know, isn't just on the bench for Bolton. Hopefully, he's going to see some minutes here down the road in these important games. Um, but, yes, I mean, if they could get back to the Premier League, I think that obviously would be great. Uh, you know, it's it's clear that, you know, they, they, they rate him. Even though I, as of right now, I, I don't know if he's been signed yet, if he's signed his new deal uh, with Bolton yet. I know they were talking about they wanted to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the best-case scenario. But yeah. l- focusing on the now, uh, I think now you you want to see him get hopefully get some minutes down the stretch here in these important games for Bolton and and then just have him in camp have him working with the national team working with Klinsman Klinsman obviously hasn't had a chance yet to really uh get a good look at him so this would be the first chance to to really work with him and 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 have him work with the team since it's been 2 years now since he's been away so you know uh, there's nothing bad about this at all there's no this there is no case of him costing someone else a spot or or you know it being Landon is Landon is, is is not there because Holden's there. It's not has nothing to do with that. That one thing has nothing to do with the other. There's not a double standard. It's clear the Landon Donovan situation is its own uh, situation. You know, he's the one who chose to go away on the sabbatical and 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 leave the team in the lurch uh, for some pretty important games. And clear and and say what you want. Yes, he, if he needed the break. He needed to clear his mind. He need, he needed it from an, from a mental emotional standpoint. No one's arguing that. But at the same time, you can't say that that it would you know it's it's a it's wrong that it's it's potentially affecting his standing with the national team because it's clear that not everyone uh, was happy about about him taking that time off. And now he's going to have to work his way back in. And I think he knows that. Landon Donovan has made you know all the comments you hear over these last few weeks. He gets it. He knows that he has to w- earn his way back on he, to, to the place where he was. He's not just going to stroll back in because I think that would send a pretty pretty bad message, and I think Klinsman realizes that. Uh, staying in England, we have some uh, you know big games this weekend. Liverpool's taking on Everton. Uh, Everton's on the outside looking in right now for a European spot, and the team that has that spot right now is Tottenham. They're taking on Southampton. They are also they are as well on the outside looking in for the Champions League spot. They're only two points behind um, Arsenal, except Tottenham has a game in hand over uh, Arsenal. But uh, some big games for the uh, for the two Americans uh, in Europe in uh, England, Dempsey and Tim Howard, with uh, you know with the European qualification on the line, and, and these games could really 
you know, lay, lay, lay the foundation going forward if these teams will qualify for those spots. Well, at this point, every game is important for Tottenham as they're in that race with Arsenal and uh, Chelsea for that last Champions uh, for the for the Champions League places uh, that are on the line. As we've said already, you know they they play each other. Chelsea and Tottenham play each other, so that is going to kind of be uh, you know winner take all situation if these teams keep winning their games. Um, so Tottenham knows they can't afford to slip up because they want to be in position to take full advantage of that game when they play Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal's uh, Arsenal, you know they, they they have they've got obviously QPR coming up, which is a pretty easy game for them. Uh, by by no means should they drop a single point against against Q, Queens Park Rangers. So you figure if they win, you know they, they're looking pretty. They're looking pretty good. So if you're Tottenham, you can't afford to drop points. As far as Everton, uh, you know, they, on top of the, obviously Europe, you know, Champions League's already out the window, but the Europa League still in play, still a possibility. Uh, and just as importantly, bragging rights in in Liverpool uh, are on the line uh, when you talk about the Merseyside derby, Merseyside derby, um, you know. If they win this game, they, they're going to be clearly ahead of Liverpool, finishing the season ahead on points by a pretty good margin. So it, it's really a chance to send a message there. If uh, Obviously, Liverpool is playing well now, uh, even, even though uh, Luis Suarez is uh, taking a little break right now. But uh, you know they, they had the big win last week. So they're, they're confident. They're playing well. So it, it's not going to be an easy one for Everton. And I think that's what – I think that game – for me, could be the the best game of the weekend. I mean, there's some other high profile games, but I feel like that one. When you talk about both teams really wanting to, to show something, I think that's that could be could be the best game of the weekend. Uh, in awesome news, Steve Trungolo uh, with his team Hanover, he's about to uh, equal some very cool stats right here. He's about to hit 300 Bundesliga games. He's about to uh, be the uh, team all time leader in appearances for the club. He's about to uh, sign an extension, uh, and it, it's it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish, right? No, without a doubt. I mean, he's he's you know he's the mayor of Hanover. Uh, that's what they call him. He's uh, enjoyed an outstanding career there. Been a captain there for some time. Is one of the more well respected Americans in Europe, uh, and it's good just to see him get over the injuries that that kind of plagued him this year. Um, you know, obviously he has a lot of miles on him. Um, as far as just putting in a decade of work on that high level. Uh, and I'm curious to see what happens next. I mean, he's signing an extension, so you get the sense that he's going to finish out his career there. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I always kind of thought maybe he would come back. Maybe he would find his way uh, into MLS uh, for, for a year or two. Um, but it's clear he he's really made his life there. He's really happy uh, in Germany. And, uh, you know, with the extension talk, I mean, it's not a done deal yet, but it seems like it's most likely with that talk of that extension, it seems pretty clear he's going to finish out his career there. I think it's also important, like you said, that he's overcoming his injuries for a you know possible uh, call up to the men's, uh, men's national team. Is, could that could we see that with him? I think he's still the guy. I think, you know, I I know people look at the age and they say, oh, you know, he's too old. It's time to move on. It's time to look at other options. But listen, folks, he is still the best right back in the pool. Uh, I know there was a point in time when some people were high on Timmy Chandler, uh, even Jeff Cameron, you know, who's, <clears throat> who's playing right back at Stoke. But Chirundolo is the best right back in the pool still, even at his age. 
He's still the best combination of defending and attacking at the right back position. Timmy Chandler, you know, he, he really hasn't had the best year in Germany. And and obviously, you know, he didn't have the best game in his debut, in his Hex debut uh, against Honduras. So he, you know, and there's still question marks about, you know, just how committed he is to the national team, even now. I mean, I, that's that's there. That's real. So, so you you can't count. Let's just say at this point we can't. You know, you can't count on him as a Garrett, someone you can say is going to definitely be a starter. Jeff Cameron now is is no longer a regular starter at Stoke, and uh, and as as good as he looked as as, as a right back in recent qualifiers, um, I still don't know if he's better than Trindle. When you talk about just a pure right back, I, I, obviously size and athleticism, he he's, he's, he gives you some great elements there at the position. But Trindle is still the guy. And will he be the guy in a year when we're talking about the World Cup? That that a lot can happen in a year. But if we're talking about June and we're talking about these important hex qualifiers, a healthy Steve Trundle is still going to be the best option. And I and I think he will be the option when they take the field in those games. Yeah, it's going to also be important to have uh, you know as we always talk about veteran presence on the field. Uh, one of the coolest stories this week, Ivis. It's uh, it's not it's not. U.S. men's national team related, but it's Portland related, and I think you saw the video of the young Atticus kid, the uh, the one that has the cancer, and he made the wish, uh, the, the make a, a wish foundation, and he got to play against the Portland Timbers. Did you watch that video? Obviously, man. Okay. Obviously. Oh no, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. That was well, we only had the whole event splash on <laughs> SBI for a couple of days, so I think I think most people at this point have seen it. So it's it's definitely one of the best moments of the week, and yeah. and the best moments for American in American soccer in a while. I mean, it just brought it, it, you know at a time when there's so much negativity going on and crazy things and evil things out in the world. It was great just to see that kind of humanity and. And that kind of goodwill, uh, you the Timbers. You got to take your hats off to, to, to the Timbers for, for making that a reality, and and also for the Timbers Army and the, all yeah. the fans that came out. When you talk about three thousand fans showing up on a Wednesday morning uh, to to Gerald Wenfield to fill up uh, the 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 that end of the stadium uh, and give that atmosphere for 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 Atticus. That I mean, that's that's gold. I mean. I don't. I don't even, and I feel like I do this every week. Even if you're a Seattle Sounders fan, oh my God. you gotta love that. You why, have to why do you say that. these? You why do you cap. say these things? That you're gonna it's, piss off the listen, Seattle man. Sounders these fans. teams hate each other. Why does that surprise you? Like I don't know why you. I guarantee you, Seattle fans are, are, are saying, "Yeah, it's true. It's true." Because it's just how it is, man. Red Sox, Yankees. Lakers, Celtics. You know the rival rivalries breed. There's breeds hatred and then. Timbers fans, Sounders fans, they hate each other. It's just how it is. But in this case, even Sounders fans have to tip their hat. You know, one of the things I, I did notice from this, though, and and I've been noticing for a while, and, and you and I have, have talked about how good this player is, is Will Johnson. And you talk about just how important he is to this team on the field, but, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of starting to sense that he's a guy that is now, you know, I mean, obviously he's the captain of the club, but he's now taking more of a off-the-field leadership role. I mean, Will Johnson, it, you know, he's... He, He's coming. Be- he's com- becoming the face of the franchise for the Portland Timbers, without a doubt. I mean that that you know, what, Caleb Porter brought him for a reason. You know, he he really saw him as someone who could be a leader, and and, and not only on the field but in the locker room. I mean, he's just when you talk about the personality. I mean, he's just he's a no nonsense guy. Uh, he gives it. He, he's an honest player. He gives his all. He just sets that kind of tone, and and then you see also just him, you know that that other side, that kind of human side, 
uh, the way he the way he handled himself in in that in that event in that Make a Wish event. I mean, it's great to see. Um, and and yeah, he was he was SBI Player of the Month because let's face it, Portland had the best month in the league. And uh, while he was he was he was an MLS Player of the Month because uh, Jack McInerney won that vote. And nothing against Jack McInerney; he's a, he's a worthy he's a worthy candidate for that award. Um, but just for for me for for SBI's purposes, uh, just the overall contributions in, in all these games and in some key victories in a great month. You know, you give Johnson the edge. I mean, let's face it; when it comes to those. Those some of those award voting things. I mean, a lot of people just vote for whoever has the most goals, and and that's just you know nothing to take away from players who win that award. But in some, you just wonder sometimes when you look at some of these ballots, you're know, like, what are these people watching? And I'm not saying that's the case in this McInerney situation, but you pretty much knew when April ended, McInerney would win the league award just because he had the most goals. And I mean, I can guarantee you, people who voted for that, there are people who voted for that, who could who could probably put put the number of MLS games they watched in April on one hand if that but uh but getting you know getting back to Will Johnson though outstanding month the Timbers had an outstanding month on the field uh and then off the field they cap it with such a great event but uh the Portland Timbers speaking of them they played New England last night uh 0-0 draw and it was the uh Bobby Shuttleworth show what a performance by him uh, in goal, and also Donovan Ricketts too. I mean, he made some big saves last night. I mean, and we've talked we talked about this last week about how uh, Donovan Ricketts is a guy where he's not getting as much attention in Portland, but he's quietly having a good season for the Timbers. And um, I mean, Portland now they haven't lost I think in seven matches. It's it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish. Well, you know, that, it's funny that last night's game for me was a great game, an entertaining game, back and forth action, chances created, some good. Uh, quick passing all around the field, and it, it's funny, man. I had a, I had a, had a bit of a debate uh, with a with a close friend mm-hmm. uh, who insisted to me that it was a terrible game. It was a terrible game, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Seriously, just because it ended scoreless is a terrible game? Like, you know, let's face it, you're not you're not gonna please everyone all the time. But Portland is playing good soccer. I mean, they didn't finish their their chances last night, and obviously Shuttleworth came up big, and he he yeah. was he had a big hand in in them not not scoring goals, but. Portland, man, they're playing good soccer. They're they're playing fast paced soccer. Their their system is creating chances. And and uh, if you're a Timbers fan, you have to love life right now because your team is fun to watch, is getting results, and uh, and it just looks like such a complete turnaround. As far as New England goes, I mean, you got to give them credit to come out to come away with a point out of Portland with you know three fourths of your starting defense missing. Oh, I know. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, they, you know, AJ Soares, Kevin Alston, uh, and Chris Tierney also suspended. Uh, I mean, come on, Andrew Farrell injured. I mean, that's four four defenders missing, and and it, for them to go in there and and get a draw, uh, obviously, obviously Shuttleworth did his part, but you know, they they as a defense, you have to give those guys credit for stepping up. Yeah, it was amazing to see what New England was able to do with their back line. Uh, you know, for Portland, that was the first time they've been scoreless all season, which is amazing. Uh, however, bad news, though, is the center back situation, which now takes another hit. Uh, Mikel Silvestre, he, um, that was a nasty injury that he had last night, got taken off. And for Portland, it's, it's, it's the same conversation again, center back injury problems for them. And, I mean, they're going to have to go out and get someone. Well, that's already. I mean, they were already shopping for a center back. Now, 
depending on the severity of the injury, they're they're going to have to probably go get two center backs. Um, and and it's it's you have to feel for 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 the Timbers with Sylvester because Mikhail Sylvester he he had a horrible first game. Uh, and it was funny because thinking back to it, like he has that horrible first game, and all these people came out of the woodwork who who just swore up and down he would be terrible. And it was like, see, I told you so. I told you he'd be terrible. Blah. But guess what? After that, he's been great for them. He's been uh, he's been absolutely great at center back. And now, if they lose him, now if he's gone for any length of time, that's a big blow because I mean, we, we, you know, he really settled in well. He was someone who helped them kind of, you know, build out of the back. Mm-hmm. And and if if he's out, I mean, they, I mean, they have some they have some players who, who can kind of fill the role from a defensive standpoint. I mean, Andrew Andrew Jean Baptiste is a good prospect. I mean, he's a good young center back and uh, rookie Dylan Tucker Gagnes. I I personally think is going to be a good center back in the league at, at at a certain point. But I don't know if either of those guys are ready to fill the void that Sylvester is going to leave just from from the whole building from the back, passing out of the back, poise, leadership in the back. I think they're going to miss that quite a bit. So if you're the Timbers and he's, and you know, if we're talking a serious injury, we're talking months and months out. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to have to pony up. They're going to have to spend some money and get themselves a grade a center back. They're not, not none of it, none of this bargain basement, uh, you know, center backs from far reaches of the world. No, you got to go get yourself a blue chip center back. And uh, for New England and Portland, their uh, their next game is not going to be this weekend. It will be on Wednesday. They both have another mid-week uh, game. Let's preview the weekend, Ivis. There's going to be a uh, a lot of games, a lot of good games. Um, one of the first games I'm looking at right hey, here. Where's your music, man? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Are we really playing that? Oh, you, all right, all right, all right. Wow, you're right. in no, love oh with, the, with the promo. All right, all right, all right. Here it is, uh, here it is. Ago. Okay, here it is. All right, I was okay. So you heard it. There's the music. There's the uh, the MLS weekend preview. Um, biggest game this weekend: LA versus Houston rematch of the finals last year. LA looks like they might be shorthanded yet again. However, we saw them win with with being shorthanded. So it's going to be an interesting game at the uh, the Home Depot Center. Well, I'll tell you, as far as MLS Cup rematches go or as far as championship rematches go, this one it doesn't really feel like it right now. And it's and a lot of it has to do with Houston's just not playing well. The Houston Dynamo, have, you know, when you talk about the month of April, I mean, they had pretty much most forgettable. Most of them were forgettable performances from them. Obviously, they had the one win against the Fire. And even in the game against the Fire, I thought Chicago played really well in that game. But I mean, the rest of that month was pretty forgettable. I mean, they 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 tie a Colorado team missing twelve players, if not more. Uh, and obviously, they got totally dominated by the uh, Timbers in Portland. They just haven't had a great month, and uh, and you just you just wonder is playing a leg going to wake them up? Is, is you know because I mean, and also in the other game that, that comes to mind, the Toronto game for them when they needed a, a stoppage time equalizer. To, to get a point from there. Um, I mean, the Dynamo are supposed to be better than they've been. I mean, they're, they just haven't been playing well. They haven't been at all close to the level that you would have expected them to be at this year. Um, and I know they've had some issues with injuries and stuff. And 
yeah, Oscar Bonilla Garcia being out uh, and 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 his slow recovery that that didn't help obviously, but still, man, there's something wrong there. There's something, something's not quite right there. And now they have to go to L.A. without Brad Davis, who got himself a you know a last second uh, red card in, in in their game against Colorado. I mean, it's going to be tough for them. And even if L.A. has top players sitting, even if you know Rob, Robbie Keane or Landon Donovan, even if those guys miss. L.A. still has enough talent to to really put a beating on Houston. Yeah, with Jack McBean, he's going to be out six to eight weeks, and uh, I mean that's a pretty big blow for them and for a player on the you know the outside looking in uh, for that U twenty team right there. Yeah, it's not going to be a big blow for them, honestly. I mean, nothing against Jack McBean, but I mean he you know when you're talking about their depth chart, um, you know Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan. Obviously, Landon Donovan being away helped McBean get some minutes, but now you have Giassi Zardis back. Uh, if even if McBean were healthy, there's no guarantee he was going to see minutes once Jesse's artist came back. Because Jesse's artist is the real deal, folks. Let me tell you, he when this kid starts getting some minutes, you, you're going to see a player who who looks like he could be a rookie of the year. So I mean, I, L.A. stack man. I mean, they they when, when they can bring guys like Jose Villarreal off their bench, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that that just shows you the quality that they have. So even if they have to sit a few guys, they're still going to have Mike McGee. Uh, they're still going to have a few uh, enough weapons to to really push a Houston team that's been really flat. Uh, also, uh, Robbie Rogers is not on trial with the Galaxy. Remember that, not on trial, but he did practice and train with the team with the with the Galaxy. And I mean, that's good to see Robbie Rogers. Uh, you know, just playing soccer again. Whether or not he just wanted to kick the ball around, or, or maybe he's considering a comeback. But you know, it's good to see you know him. Getting you know familiar with the game again, right? He, you know what? He just he he's in Cali. He wanted to train. He trained, and and it's just so funny, man. The feeding frenzy over this whole story. Uh, obviously, LA would love to have him, and I'm sure he'd love to play for LA. Um, but I don't to to take that training session as anything more than than just you know a guy who wanted to train and wanted to see wanted to start getting fit again. I mean. It'd be great if he came back to MLS. Uh, I think every, I think most people, or a lot of people, yeah. are, are hoping that happens. And LA, I mean, I, I reported months ago that LA was interested in Rodgers, and this was before the news of him coming out. Uh, basically, you know, w- once the crew, we knew the crew were looking to to, to move his rights. Uh, the Galaxy were inquiring. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, what are you talking about? I reported on that. You stole that from me. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't. I didn't. Come I didn't on, catch dude. That you got it. You, you know. You let's face it. I, I I don't read your website. I should probably start. Yeah, reading dude. It. Come on, man. I might double your traffic if I start reading that. Stuff. <laughs> but anyway. <Aww>. Um, <laughs> well, listen. Uh, you know what? It'd be great if he goes to L.A. Uh, but again, his rights are currently owned by the fire, mm-hmm. and I know. I know people are like in a, in a rush to 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 complete this story, and are in a rush to get him on the field and have him be that kind of figurehead, uh, but. You know the, the the rules are are what they are, and the fire have his rights. The fire tr- it traded for his rights, so they traded away Dominic Aduro, mm-hmm. who's doing excellently for Columbus. <clears throat> they got back Dilly Duca. They got back Robbie Rogers' rights. I don't think it's it's fair for anyone to suggest that now the fire shouldn't want compensation, just because it's going to make for a trade. That trade is going to make for a great story. You know the fire have needs. The fire are are, are struggling right now, so. I'm not saying you expect LA to to pay a mint for Robbie Rogers' rights, but someone's going to have to give the fire something. But here's hoping it happens. 
whether it's LA, whether it's Seattle, you know, even though the whole Seattle thing, I mean, I, I'm sorry, they have enough wingers. They're just not. You can't. It's a luxury to 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 think you're going to go get yourself Robbie Rogers to add to a, to add to that midfield uh, mix in Seattle. But whoever gets him, uh, here's hoping he comes back to MLS because a he's a good, you know above all he's a, still a good player. I mean, he's still someone who I feel could come back to MLS and be a quality player. And and obviously everything else that it would mean from a social you know social standpoint of of the the message it would send to have an active player an active openly gay player in in MLS would you know I think I think that'd be pretty important yeah it w- it uh it would be um other games this weekend going on San Jose Montreal San Jose will be home taking on the impact and uh your boy Steven Leonard is out for two games with a suspension and uh, Frank Gallup had some uh, had some things to say that that uh, Leonard needs to change his attitude. I mean, and Gallup was you know he seemed very serious when he said that. Well, I mean, listen, when you start missing games because of this stuff, then it's an issue. Because obviously, when it was just when 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 Stephen Leonard's just getting under the skin of opponents uh, and drawing the occasional card here and there, that's one thing. I mean, as a coach, you can kind of deal with that and accept it. And, and take it for what it is. But once a player starts missing games and once his actions are making him a target for officials and for the league, it's time to change. And, and I'm sorry, I don't know anyone outside of San Jose who, who doesn't agree with that because, I mean, he's been, when you talk about the last few weeks, I mean, it's really gotten out of control. Uh, and I get it. You know, you get that, he, that there's, there's a method to the madness. Nothing he does is accidental. Nothing. You know, all every time you see him stumble or trip over a defend over a, a, an opposing player or accidentally run into somebody, it it's all choreographed, it's all orchestrated. The, the guy is an evil genius. He knows what he's doing. He wants to get under his opponent's skin. He wants to get them off their game, and and then he wants to then he wants to pounce on that. You know, and 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 it's worked for him. I mean, the guy's a good player. Above all, say what you want. He's a hack. He's this. He's that. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's getting to a point now where all this stuff's taking away from his game, and and once it does that, then then, then you got you, you have like Yallo said, you have to you have to change it change it up. You have to cut some of this stuff out. I mean, the Portland game two weeks ago, uh, where San Jose tied one one. I mean, that was like a perfect example. I mean, he spent the whole first half uh, doing just silly stuff, just dumb, just things all over the field. Uh, but then on the other side, you know, obviously he played, he, he he did his part at the end to help them get an equalizer. So he does obviously give you quality when he plays, but you almost feel like he's getting, he's he's letting the stuff like overwhelm him. All this, this whole bad guy act, this whole getting, trying to get under people's skin. I mean, you know what? I think at this point the league is on to him. I think referees are on to him, and and opponents are on to him. Yeah, opponents are no. I mean, Omar Gonzalez. It's funny just having you know talk to Omar. Gonzalez about him about Lenhart uh, last year and and he you know he made, he just put it perfectly he's like you know what he's gonna do you know he's trying you know what he's trying to do and, and you just have to keep that in mind so you don't let it get to you and I think it, once that stuff doesn't work anymore then you just look like a clown and I think we're getting to that point now where here he is trying to pull that stuff and no one's no one's biting anymore. And now he just looks like a guy who, who's just trying to get himself in trouble. Well, I think for San Jose, the first couple games this season, we we saw them without Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon will also be out this weekend because he's still serving his suspension. But we saw Alan Gordon and Leonard in San Jose. They they just they, they look so much more better with with Gordon Leonard in, in the lineup up top. They they just do a better job distributing the ball. 
um, and moving things around. But like you said, I mean, both it's 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 both of them. I mean, they seem just to get caught up. You're right in the, in the silliness of everything. And uh, going this weekend, I, I mean, a guy that you're very high on and you love is Adam Yon. He's going to have a chance to start next to Wondolowski. And uh, I mean, Adam Young's another big guy. I mean, he 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 does the stuff that that Gordon Leonard will do. I mean, he's not as as talented as, as what those guys do for San Jose, but he's still you know a good guy and a promising rookie. And I, and I know you're very high on him. Well, you know, I tell you what. I mean, last year uh, when you talk about college soccer, I mean, he, he he was someone who was a little off the radar, but he obviously was good. He's good in the Pac-10 for Stanford. He didn't get invited to the combine, which was a little little surprising, uh, just because you know when you talk about big forwards, there weren't there weren't a ton of quality big forwards in that group that that didn't get called in. But obviously San Jose saw him. You know, they, they, he, he was a local local player, and he has shown some serious quality. And obviously, aside from the late game heroics that he's shown, he's got good feet, good size. He's very intelligent. Like you can see, he get, puts himself in good spots. So there's a lot of there's a lot there to to to, to get excited about when you, when you're talking about wanting to develop a younger forward and you know what alan gordon's not getting any younger and and who knows you know how long uh, steve lenhart's going to be around so now you have adam young quality player young player someone you can develop and uh someone who doesn't have that baggage of being a bad guy like lenhart and uh, i don't know if I don't, uh, to be fair i mean obviously alan gordon got suspended for for what he said to will johnson uh but even that even that, giving that, like I don't know if you can group him and Lenhart in the same category. Lenhart's in a in a category all his own. It's him and like Billing Beer from his Detroit Piston days of someone who just just was an expert at getting the, under the skin of opponents. But not, Adam Yan is quality. Having him learn from Wondolowski, play alongside Wondolowski, you know, I think I think he could. This could be a big month for for Adam Yan. Who did wait wait? Who did you just reference? This is going to show. <laughs> this is going to show how young I am. Billing Beer. Former Detroit Pistons player who was just notorious for <clears throat> getting under the skin of opponents, being a bully, and uh, you know just being the enforcer on on the NBA champion Detroit Pistons team. My uh, jeez, my, my Pistons history starts with Grant Hill. That that's as far as mine goes back. That's sad. Well, I mean, I'm young. What do you what do you want What do you want from me? Well, you know, you can do some homework. Yeah, crack crack open a book maybe once or twice. Oh, relax, relax. <laughs> um, and, and we have yet to talk Montreal, and, and I don't want to take any way, anything away from Montreal because things are riding high right now. They uh, smashed Toronto the other night, advancing to the uh, I think it's the Amway Canadian Championship. And uh, for Montreal, you know, we uh, I mean, they 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 just they're just they're, they're playing good soccer right now. They defeated Chicago Fire last week, and. Uh, I don't know. They they could maybe go in and instill victory here. Who Montreal could go in and instill victory? Yeah, you, you think so? I, I don't know if it would be considered stealing a victory. I mean, they're playing well. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. So I mean, <laughs> I don't think it'd be an upset if they uh, if Montreal Montreal's playing really well. And that game, I tell you what, that game on Wednesday uh, when they put a six spot, I believe it was a six spot. They put a six spot on Toronto. Yeah. In the Canadian Championships, and, and and from what it sounds like, it sounds like the folks in Toronto are freaking out after that loss. And we'll get to Toronto later. But talking about Montreal, I mean Montreal. I mean they're, they're a solid team. I mean you have to give Marco Chalabon credit. You know he he put together uh, he he took a team a lineup that was pretty much like if you look at the squad that's playing playing now, it's mostly the same team that was there last year and the team that was coming together in the final months of the season. So 
you have to give him credit for being able to stick, come in and fine tune that and not, you know, shake things up, not, you know, because, you know, coaches come in sometimes, new coaches, they, they, they feel like they feel the need, they feel the obligation to really shake up their roster, shake up the lineup. Uh, but he really just tweaked it. He really just added a few pieces here and there. And, and now the impact are, are looking really good. And, and you could argue they, they've been the most consistent team in the East so far this season. Uh, so, you know what, going to San Jose, it is a good test for them to show what they can do on the road. They, they've had good results on the road this year, so it wouldn't, it, it's not, it wouldn't be a first, but it will be a good test for them uh, to see how they manage you know, someone like Wondolowski and also in midfield. San Jose midfield, that's looking a lot better now that you know, Marvin Chavez is back. Shea Salinas is playing really well, so they have a little, uh, little threat on the wing where they didn't mm-hmm. ha- seem to have that the first, uh, first month of the season. Uh, other games, uh, Philadelphia Union will be uh, hosting uh, the Seattle Sounders. And for the Seattle Sounders, it's kind of an interesting game right here because Hackworth's telling the team that you know you, you can't underestimate the Seattle Sounders. And, and, and I don't want to say that the Seattle Sounders are in panic mode yet, but when you look at their schedule going forward, they have the Union on Sunday, then Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday, and then San Jose on Saturday, and then FC Dallas, the Galaxy, Chivas USA, Vancouver Whitecaps, Real Salt Lake. I mean, their schedule. There, there's, there's not one game in there that you can look at, at, like look at and say, you know, they can take it. They can take it. You know, a deep breath in that game. The Union might be the only one here. And for, and for Seattle, I mean, they, they, they might need to have to start off on the right foot here, or things could get a little ugly. Well, before we even get into Seattle, I can't believe you didn't lead with the fact that. This is Star Wars Day at PPL Park. We all Salt Lake's doing Star Wars Day too, so it lost the effect. Oh, uh, that's right. You always got to bring up Real Salt Lake. I know they. I know they signed the the paycheck. It's good. I get it. I don't work. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I don't work for Real Salt Lake. Okay. Their academy right. team just happens to be at a location that I work at, so I do not work for Real Salt Lake. I have never received any uh, official gear or a paycheck. From Real Salt Lake. Okay, I just want to I'm let that be sure known. You, I'm pretty sure you have a pair of Real Salt Lake shorts. I'm pretty sure you have at least one. I don't. I have a uh, <laughs> actually. I have a really nice winter coat that I got. Ah, oh, see, there you go. That was nice, but it was extras. It was extras, so you know. You're on the hook. Anyway, <laughs> so back to this game. Anyway, let's go back. Let's go back. Anyway, Star Wars Day. That's gonna be sick. Well, I'm gonna be there, so I'm looking <laughs> oh forward God, to, I'm, to I'm seeing so what jealous. these costumes are looking like. You can, I can tell you right now, folks, if you're listening, you may. I mean, hopefully, you already follow. Uh, follow us on Twitter, but I, I I will promise you that I will get some pictures on Twitter of some of these costumes that we're going to see at PPL Park. But back to the game. Listen, I don't think anyone in the league honestly thinks that Seattle is is a bad team or a team you don't have to worry about. I know their record is what it is. I know they only have one win, but I, I, I mean, you can't look at that and all of a sudden act like they're not a good team. They're not a dangerous team. They absolutely are. And, you know, we talked about this, you know, I feel like whether it was last show or, or, or in, re, in the recent shows that May is really, really going to tell us what's up with the union, yeah. with, with the Sounders because they had it's a stacked schedule and it's going to it's really going to test them. I mean, they, you know, they, they need to come out of this month with eight or nine points if they can, just because they have to make up ground. You and see, and wait, other wait, teams wait. are starting to pull away in the West and. If they trip up, if they really have a mediocre, even a mediocre month, I mean, then you're looking at a serious climb in the summer. And and I think you know, I tell you what, having having had the week off, 
having Eddie Johnson apparently 100% now, you know, if he is, if he's 100%, I mean, it's a you're talking it's a whole different ball game. Eddie Johnson and Obafemi Martins, if they're healthy and in the starting lineup, that is not a one-win team, folks. That is not the level of caliber of a one-win team. That is a playoff team, and they're going to give the Union everything, all they can handle. And it's going to be, and it's going to be a good test for the Union too, because I mean, you know, I've been saying it since week one. They're a young team. They've got some promise. They've got some talent, but they're going to have their growing pains. We saw up in New England them, you know, come out pretty flat and 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 just you know give one give one away to a team that they had never lost to before. So. They're going to have their growing pains. And I tell you what, I think this game, it, Seattle knows they need this game, and they can, and this is a great chance for three points. And I I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, it, but, again, for the Union, it's going to, they need Jack McInerney to step up. I mean, he obviously stepped up a bunch in, in April uh, and, you know, led the league in goals and is currently leading the league in goals. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Seattle is going to be an interesting one. I think we could have a wide-open game, quite a few goals, but – I don't know, man. I think Seattle. I think Seattle's attack is. This is going to be a game where they they really open things up. Who? Uh, what's your prediction? Uh, well, let me see. Probably go two one Seattle. Okay, I'm going to go two one Union. Yeah, it's possible, entirely possible. Well, and I'm picking. I pick. I'm picking Montreal in San Jose. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take Montreal too. Um, Columbus Crew taking on your New York Red Bulls, uh, <laughs> Ivis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, every team is my team. Apparently. That's I, not what are you talking about. Here, what's going on? What are you talking about? This is the only team I said that's your team. Oh, you say about the Timbers too? Okay, that's about... okay. No, 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 no. I am justified on that one because you love Portland and you won't I, shut up I, about I, it. I think they're a good team, and it, hey, they haven't. They've unbeaten in seven. I think. All right, I think you know I'm what? You know what? If I'm if I'm wrong, then someone comment put put something in the comments to back me up on my claim because I know I'm right on this one. I, anyways, I this back to your your original team. I think that's what I meant to say. Your original team. Does that sound better? Uh, no, neither <laughs> one of them sound good. <laughs> oh yeah, you give me crap, I can give you crap back. Um, the uh, the Red Bulls, they um, goalkeeping thing. We're gonna be talking about that still for a while. Dax McCarty is gonna be out for another two weeks. However, what we saw was uh, Cahill. Um, playing more of a kind of a uh, multiple position role for the Red Bulls this past week against Toronto, he was all over the field, and uh, I mean maybe it was a. It's kind of weird. It's like it's like the the Red Bulls midfield is like it's like blown up, and Cahill comes in and gives him all this free space and opportunity, and he delivers. It's like kind of a, it's it's very strange what happened with the Red Bulls, Ivis. Well, I mean, I, nothing cha- nothing happened. Nothing changed. I mean, the only thing that changed in that game was that Cahill actually put the ball in the net. I mean, Cahill's been. Everything else that Cahill did in that game is what he's been doing all year. I mean, the guy's been putting in a ton of work in the midfield, but it just hasn't been producing goals. And that's what, you know, unfortunately, that's what some people use as their only measure to measure a player. And and the fact is, the reality is, he's he's been really, really key for them in, in just setting a tone, putting in a lot of work all over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if anything, <clears throat> he you do give him credit for stepping it up because obviously Dax McCarty not being there, I mean, they lose a lot because McCarty's been their most consistent player, I think, for the last year year and change. Uh, he's just such a you know dynamic presence in the midfield that not having him, Cahill clearly had to cover more ground, had to step up, and and he did, and he showed the quality that he has. Uh, Columbus though is gonna, I think that's you know Toronto is one thing. Toronto, Toronto FC, you know, having a great game against Toronto FC is one thing, but now the Red Bulls are going on the road and they're playing a the Columbus team that's pretty good record you know on a decent run right now 
this is a proper test for them. This is a real uh, opportunity for them to show what they can do and how legitimate they are. Yes. Listen, beating beating the Union at home, beating DC United on uh, anywhere, and be, beating Toronto FC the way the Toronto FC is playing right now. Though you know, it's great to get the points, but the, the, I don't know if any of those results are. Are, are really sending a message or really telling us anything about the Red Bulls. This game will tell us about the Red Bulls because the crew play are pretty confident right now. They, they've had some good results. Dominic Adur is playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federico Higuain is starting to find his way. Jairo Arrieta is coming off a great game. So their attack is starting to feel it. And their defense is pretty solid. So I think well, – Well, they're going to be without their first start. I mean, the crew went down with the uh, – and Viana is going to be out this game. I mean, that this – Eh, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. He's a good player, I'm just, I know. I'm not, just. I'm I mean, just they, saying. They, that's not the make or break for them. I know. It's one thing if Chad Marshall is going to miss the game for them, but they, they're going to be all right. They, they, they're still solid team. Uh, they still have the weapons to really cause some problems for the Red Bulls. Well, we also failed to mention that the scoreboard will be operational this weekend. Yes, they have apparently fixed <laughs> the scoreboard, and uh, you know that's uh, hopefully they don't. Hopefully, hopefully they don't has, light it up. Has again. the scoreboard ever received that much uh, attention before? Not an MLS that I can remember. Oh my gosh! It's like it's it's. There was an update on it every day. It was amazing. Well, there's not a lot going on in Columbus. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> there goes everyone in Columbus listening to the show. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, what's your pick for this game? Uh, I'm gonna go crew. I'm gonna go crew. I'm gonna say. Uh, You're such a cheater. I, t- I was gonna pick them two, too. Two one. Two one crew. <sighs> I'll go with crew also. Uh, Colorado taking on Toronto. Uh, Colorado, you said it earlier that they I, we, we've we've joked about this that they've had like twenty injuries. It, it seems like it, but it's it's not that's not really accurate. They've had nine. They have now nine injuries now. Uh, Henry Thomas is going to be out two to four games. Um, however, though they they did get Pablo Mastereni back, which is huge for them to have a veteran presence like that. But you wonder how how many miles he still has left on his legs. Um, they're taking on Toronto, and um, I mean Toronto's gonna be licking their wounds after that, you know, that zero to six loss against Montreal. And I mean, for Colorado, they've they've done pretty well this season with with what they've been able with what they have, you know. Well, Toronto, you know, they're an interesting one because they've in MLS play, they've actually played pretty well. They they when you consider what they were last year to what they're doing, what they've done this year, they, they played pretty well. And I think I said it last show, if, if games were 89 minutes long, Toronto would probably be in first place right now. Uh, but they, they've given up so many points in the 90th minute in stoppage time uh, that at a certain point, that really does start to weigh on your confidence. That really does start to take a hit on your, on your you know, mental side of things. And then to go into Montreal and get smashed 6-0. I mean, I know Ryan Nelson uh, sat his, you know, some starters, including his both his starting center backs. I get that, but you know what? That still puts a dent in your psyche when you lose six zero, even if you have some some backups in the lineup. So I, I want to see how they respond. I want to see how Toronto goes to Colorado, which isn't an easy place to play. You got the altitude there. Uh, how they respond and how they do against the Colorado team that's so. So decimated by injuries. I mean, we're talking about a team now that is fielding a lineup that, you know, maybe with the exception of Drew Moore, uh, you know, there aren't many guys there who have even two seasons worth of games, um, MLS games on their resumes. So, but they're still getting it done. They're still playing well. They were 2-1-1 in April. MLS 
SBI MLS Rookie of the Month, Dylan Powers. You know, he's his he's been key. And then SBI MLS Best Eleven in April, Clint Irwin has also been key. So both those guys have really stepped it up and they're gonna be key again to 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 dealing with Toronto and dealing with Robert Earnshaw, who I still think is gonna come out and he's gonna keep playing. He's just a player, he's someone he's a threat every week. But I wanna see how the rest of those guys respond um after that ugly, ugly loss on Wednesday. Uh, also, Toronto's making some uh, some headlines talking about a, a possible transfer of a uh, former Manchester United midfielder, the third lung, as they call him. Are you talking about what, who? Who are you talking about? Park uh, Sung? Yeah, Park Sung. I, I love hot gossip, so I, I saw it. I saw it, I saw that you know he might come over. Well, so. I mean, he. I mean, Park Sung's been linked to a few different teams, so uh, nothing is nothing is assured at this point. The only DP that's coming or that is has arrived is is Laba. The Argentine, the young Argentine midfielder for Toronto, and, and and I know people are definitely anxious to see him get on the field and see what he can do. Um, but hey, Parji Sung, he, it would it would be great if he came to MLS. I mean, for those, I, I don't know how far back your memory goes, but I think U.S. fans in general should realize. I know, what, I, it goes back to two thousand two. I know that. I know, I know, I know. You read that on the site. I that, know you read that. No, I did not. I know that for a fact. That's that around that well, time. Around that time was when I became a young you, adult. Bargy Song scored the key goal that helped the U.S. get out of the group stage in the 2002 World Cup. He scored against uh, Portugal. The interesting thing was Portugal and South Korea. Uh, all they needed was a tie in that game, and both of them were going to go through. And and the game pretty much played out that way, where neither team was really trying. They were kind of just content to kick it back and forth. It was like it was like almost you almost thought it was fixed. You almost thought there was a handshake deal between these countries that they were going to just play out a zero zero tie and they both were going to go through. But the problem is Portugal uh, just started playing dirty. They they started there was some chippy fouling going on, and and, and just the spirit of, of play was not a good one from Portugal. And they basically pissed off South Korea. So South Korea decided, you know what, we're going to play now. Now we're going to go at you. We're going to score. We're going to win. And then Parji Sung scores a late winner for them that puts the U.S. through into the round of 16. And, of course, that in the round of 16 is where they beat Mexico in what is still one of the, you know, one of the best results in U.S. history. So U.S. fans, tip your cap. Parji Sung, he's a hero. Uh, who's your pick in this game? I'm going to go with Colorado. Yeah, you know, I don't. The Colorados—they're just finding a way uh, to win, even with the you know the glorified U23 team at this point that they're putting on the field. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the yeah. I'm gonna go with the Rapids. I think Earnshaw scores the goal, but I think Colorado finds a way to you know Kamani Hill scores one, Dylan Power scores one. I think they find a way to win. Uh, the rivals Real Salt Lake will be taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps. Bad news for Real Salt Lake again. We, we've talked about this before. The fourth position for the club, uh, Avoro Saborio is now out. Saborio, uh, excuse me, is now out of the uh, is is out for for quite some time. They said several weeks. You know, dude, I'll, I'll put that at what <laughs> is that the technical term? Yeah, yeah. Well, they said several weeks. So. Um, and and for RSL, we, we've talked about this. I mean, Finley's a little banged up. Almost Garcia's a little banged up. I love Joao Plata, but he's a, uh, I mean, he's not a full 90 type of guy. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's I just, for RSL, it's, it's, it's going to be very tough for them this season. I mean, them and Vancouver, I think those are two teams that will be, you know, maybe compete, competing for that fifth playoff spot in the West. 
I don't know. I'm going to write Salt Lake off just because of some injuries right now. I think no, no, they'll be I didn't right write them. The I did not write them off. All I said you just was, said season. You just said I they're said they're going to have, gonna have an up. I said they're going to have an up and down season. I think I said they could still qualify for playoffs. It's just going to be a little up and down. I don't, I don't think they're going to be. We won't see you know six games. Well, they'll just dominate six games and go on for a six game winning streak. I, I don't think we'll see. No, that. they are not. That's they what I, know, I mean. That's what I mean. Clearly not the team they used to be. That's that is true. No one can argue. That's what that. I but mean. But when they're healthy. They're still going to be a good team. I think they're still a playoff team. Um, you know, they they'll they'll be fine. They'll be. But for right now, though, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty tough uh, for them. And you're gonna need some some you know some younger guys to step up. Someone like a Sandoval, someone like Plata. Um, Vancouver, you know, they they're they're they haven't exactly been road warriors, the Whitecaps. So you know, you you wonder, you know, how how are they going to do going to altitude at Salt Lake. I mean, Salt Lake still has the midfield to, to really control things. It's going to be a good mm-hmm. battle there when you think about Nigerio Coker and Daigo, Daigo Kobayashi going up against Javier Morales and Kyle Beckerman. That's going to be a good matchup. Um, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'm not going to write off Salt Lake. I think Salt Lake, they're, they're still, they still have enough talent on that team. They still got Nick Romando. I think they're going to win. I think they'll beat the Whitecaps. Uh, I think they'll win too. God, you're making me look like an evil person right now. <laughs> well, it, 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 I, I love, <laughs> I love how your entire your entire lead-in was man, Salt Lake. No, oh trouble. my god, no, no, they're, no. Oh they're god. doomed, and then like, yeah, yeah, I'll pick Salt Lake to win. Yeah, what? <laughs> like, okay, like, I guess they're not that doomed. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm just saying, I, I think they're a good team. I just think that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be up and down all season long. That's just my opinion. God. Making me look like an evil person. Hey, man. That's not what you said. I know, I know. All right, last game, uh, Sporting Kansas City versus Chivas USA. Sporting Kansas City is, is having a very tough time right now. We, uh, You and I talked about this, and, and you wonder if they're really missing Kai Kamaro and uh, Roger Espinosa because they just they just they don't seem as dynamic as a team and and CJ Sapong is now playing on the wing you, you know he's more of a center forward but he's playing you know he's trying to play what Kai Kamara was playing they just for Sporting Kansas City they're, they're still trying to I guess maybe figure out their identity and they just have had a really rough last two weeks yeah i mean there, there's something to be said for them still working out the kinks as a team but at the same time i mean people need to look at the games that they just played i mean i know they've lost two games in a row now but I mean, losing to L.A., uh, in L.A., when L.A. was firing on all cylinders, I mean, that, you, mean you can't take tip your hat to L.A. L.A. is a great team. You're going to lose that game more often than not. Then they come, home, they come home, they play a Portland team that's playing really well, a Portland team that went in there with the right attitude and just took it to them and, and won a shootout 3-2. So, you know what? It was still a great game. The Casey played well. They just they just went up against a team that that was really confident on the day and played a good game. It's one thing if you're dropping results to to, to poor teams, then you kind of you know then you got to start to question. Then you got to you know alarm bells have to go off. I don't know if it's time to set off alarm bells just yet on Kansas City. There are some things to, to ask to question there. There are some things to wonder about. Benny Felhaber, can he stay consistent? Because when he's on his game. That just gives them an extra element, and that really puts them from a good team to a very good team. Because I think, I mean, Graham Zussi gives it to, gives you gives you quality every week. He gives you a, a great effort every week. The, your back four is, is is rock solid, still the best in the league for my money. And Jimmy Nielsen is going to make the saves that he needs to make. So you need Benny Failhaber Fel, to 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 play at that high level if you're going to be an elite elite team. If you're going to be the East leader. Then you need that, and you need Claudio Bieler, uh, Bieler finishing. Um, so they they are working out the kinks a little bit. Would they be better with Kai Kamara? Of course they'd be better with Kai Kamara. 
Would they be better with Espinosa? I think so. Although I would say Yuri Rosell has been really good for for Sporting KC. He's been really good for you know for my money. Uh, one of the better new starters to come in in MLS this year. So that loss they don't feel I think as much as they feel Kai Kamara, just because I mean Kamara was, gave them such a dynamic element on the wing between his, with his speed, his size, his activity. You just can't replace that. CJ Sapong is not that player. He is not that kind of player. So it's a, they're in a tough spot. Um, but the, I think they're still a good team. Teal Bunbury is coming back. I got to tell you, folks, he's on his way back. He's healthy. He, he, I don't think he's going to play until June. Uh, I think they're uh, KC's holding him back. They don't want to rush him. They, they want to make sure he's 100% and his knee is, is, is uh, completely stable. Uh, but once they get him back, then, I mean, hey, they're, they're, they're going to be all right. I mean, they, they still have some moves to make. Um, actually, right now, today is May 3rd. I believe by May 6th, we'll know one way or the other if Kai Kamara is staying at Norwich or if he's coming back to Kansas City. If he stays at Norwich, that means a transfer fee is on its way to Kansas City and they have money to spend this summer. If they don't buy Kai Kamara, that means Kansas City gets A, they get Kai Kamara back, all-star caliber player, and most likely they're going to sell him this summer anyway. And, and But they'll at least have him for you know a month or so or, or two, and then they can sell him and make their money. So I think, I think KC's going to be okay. I know they had a couple of tough results, but people should relax. I think they're going to play Chivas USA, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to win pretty handily. Uh, Chivas USA, Dan Kennedy signing a, uh, a long contract extension, staying with the club till 2016. And uh, if someone told you that three months ago, would you believe them that he would sign a contract extension with them? I tell you what, if someone told Dan Kennedy that three <laughs> months ago, he wouldn't have believed it because – Listen, folks, the fact of the matter is Chivas USA was going to trade Dan Kennedy. Forget anything else you've heard. Forget any denials or any any claims that that's not true. He was getting traded. They had every intention of trading him. Their deal's on the table. He he very nearly was a Vancouver Whitecap. I know I have that on absolutely rock-solid authority that that trade was going down. And for whatever reason, Chivas USA ultimately you know, backed out of the deal uh, and it didn't happen. And sometimes you get lucky and sometimes uh, the move you don't make is the best move. And they, and it, and it, they, uh, you give them credit. They figured out that, Hey, we have, a, we have a local product. We have a LA player, a great goalkeeper and a great off field personality. The guy, you know, we're talking, we're talking Hollywood, good looks. We're talking someone who the fans in Chivas love, uh, I mean, how could you not want to keep him? How could you not sign him to a contract extension? Yes, his name is Dan Kennedy and not Juan Diaz, and and that maybe that goes against uh, what deep down Chivas would like to see. But the fact of the matter is, you could do a lot worse for for a poster boy for for the figurehead of a team than Dan Kennedy. So is your pick? Oh, Kansas City, without a doubt. I mean, Chivas until until they get a fully healthy Juan Agudelo back. They're going to struggle, and uh, they've really been shaky the last few weeks. And, and I think Kansas City's just—it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup for Kansas City. I think they're going to be able to pressure Chivas and 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 really uh, force them into some turnovers. And and Dan Kennedy could have a monster game, but barring that, I think Kansas City's going to win. Why well, this—that uh, wraps it up for our uh, MLS, you know, season, pre- you know, preview, you know, whatever that song is. Wow, man, that was so bad. <laughs> You're just oh man, you're struggling. I thought I was struggling on short sleeve. You you're like man, 
when you, I, I know you don't listen to the show afterwards, but when you listen to that, if you do listen to that, you know, I, I hate listening to the show because I think my voice sounds so horrible. I don't get how people listen to it. <laughs> uh, the truth has come out. <laughs> the truth has come out. You're all right, man. You're good. You're good. You, just, you have, you have a lot of sleep. fans. I need my beauty sleep. That's the problem. I feel ugly today. That's the issue. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the, oh, we're, we're just we're, we're just losing all sorts of followers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Ivis, as we go into the weekend, I mean, is there anything else that we've you know failed to talk about? Because well, I, there's 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 a bunch of teams that are for everyone listening. Or well, where's my team? If if you don't know what the schedule is like, uh, a lot of teams are playing midweek games next week. So when Ivis and I come back on uh, Sunday or Monday, you know we'll, we'll talk about those midweek games. But uh, I mean, other than that, though, Ivis, is there anything else that we missed? Uh, I think that's it, man. I I, I I would apologize once again for not having any guests. Uh, you know, eventually people. We'll stop, you know, wanting to avoid Garrett. Uh, hopefully, you know, they'll realize he's not as bad a guy as everyone thinks he is. So hopefully we'll have – we'll get some guests on this weekend. That's going to be – we're going to be working the phones feverishly this weekend uh, to get some guests. I think we set the bar too high in the first 20 episodes, 25 episodes, when we just had everyone under the sun. And, uh, you know, I, I think hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to get a few guys this this weekend. If we ever want to talk, you know, uh, you know, any any Arizona soccer, I mean, I could get a guess like, you know, like like do you hear my finger snapping? <laughs> uh that that's a different show at a different time. I think we'll uh <laughs> I think we'll, we'll aim a little higher. Oh, th- appreciate that, Ivis. Well, uh well, you have a good weekend, man. You too, man. Have fun in LA? Oh, dude, I'm going to have a blast in LA. Be out in LA this weekend. Very excited. Yes, folks, let's face it. I will be doing a solo show on Sunday. That's not true. Because Garrett will be hung over in Hollywood somewhere, nowhere to be found. That's not true. I don't party like I used to. Those were those were, those were back in the good old days when I went to... Getting old. You know what? You're getting old. I, I hate That's to say what it, happens, dude. Getting old. I, I, you know what? I got the party out of my system at Arizona State. If there's any high school kids who are like, oh, I want to go to college, go to Arizona State. I guarantee you'll have a good time. And you'll burn out by 25. And you'll burn out by 25. All right, All right man. man. That wraps up the show. Everyone have a great weekend. Ivis, like I said, have a good weekend. You too, man. Get some sleep. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I always appreciate when you guys give us excellent reviews on iTunes. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy Star Wars Day on May 4th. Thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show.